This is not what you normally see in a jail. See how bright everything is? Usually, most places are concrete. Concrete floors, but we have different tiles all through all over the place. The sunlight. Lieutenant Bill Wolf will take any chance he can to tell you how proud he is of Santa Barbara's Northern Branch Jail. Being able to act like a rational adult. He spent the last three years or so overseeing this project, and now that the jail's open, he's determined to maintain it as a point of pride. This is basically a Frankenstein of four or five different jails. So there's no other jail like this at all. Wolf is a veteran of sorts, as far as the Santa Barbara County criminal justice system is concerned. He's been working with the sheriff's office for 27 years now, and spent much of his career in and around Santa Barbara's main jail, which up until the Northern Branch Jail opened just a few months ago, was the only facility in the county. Uh, so the Northern Branch Jail was uh, a long time coming. I mean, ever since probably 1987. Mm -hmm. Um, there was an overcrowding issue within Santa Barbara County. And so it took overcrowding isn't the only issue that's come up in the main jail's 50-year history. And overcrowding is an understatement. At its peak occupancy in 2014, the jail was holding over 120% of its rated capacity. And conditions were horrific. We're talking inmates sleeping on the floor and indefinite time in solitary confinement cells a complete violation of 8th and 14th Amendment rights. It was so bad that a class action lawsuit, Clay versus Murray, was filed in 2017 on behalf of hundreds of people held at the main jail. A settlement was finally reached in July 2020 that required the county to reduce solitary confinement, improve mental and medical health care, and take steps toward reducing the population. But it didn't stop there. With the continuation of COVID, conditions inside the jail led to rampant disease spread. The facility saw its largest outbreak in January 2022, when more than a quarter of those in residence were infected amid the Omicron surge. COVID case rates are much more manageable now, but the main jail is still experiencing a severe staffing crisis. But our officers in Southern Branch Jail... Just to clarify, Southern Branch Jail is another name for the main jail are running around like crazy, 20, you know, 25,000 steps a day to try to meet those needs. It's much less hectic at the county's new Northern Branch Jail, quiet even. When I came on board in 2017, it was a $110 million project, and uh, the state was going to fund $80 million of that. So ever since then, the county has been stockpiling, for lack of a better uh, word, uh, to get to prepare for the, the rest of the build, the uh, operational costs, and, and whatnot. Now, there have been some significant delays of about two and a half years for several different reasons. Um, number one, this is a very... About those delays, Wolf is right to call them significant. For a project that began construction in 2016, it's pretty telling that the facility didn't welcome residents until late last month of this year. The original anticipated opening date for the facility was November 2018. Then it was spring 2019. And then late 2019, then late 2020. Delays were chalked up to everything from unpredictable weather to construction challenges. And of course, COVID also brought its own wave of problems. Not to mention the fact that the architectural and engineering firm, Rosser International Inc., quit the project midway through after declaring bankruptcy, leaving the county to scramble to find a new contractor. So when we say the jail has been long awaited, we mean long awaited. 
The county's shiny new building was finally open for business with a ribbon-cutting ceremony on November 18, 2021. We had uh, about 355 people that showed up from all over. We had a stage right here. We had different speakers. The flag, the flag was raised for the first time and has remained that way. And, and two months later, 244 incarcerated individuals from the main jail were transferred to the new facility. Sheriff Bill Brown equated the opening to, quote, watching a ship being launched from the dock, with, quote, the vessel finally underway. And clearly, Lieutenant Wolf is just as excited. I don't know if you've ever been into a correctional facility before, but there's no bars in this jail at all. So there's some pictures of like what an old jail would look like. So the picture that Lieutenant Wolf is referring to is actually of the jail built back in 1932 above the Santa Barbara Courthouse. That jail was closed when the main jail opened in the early 1970s. This black and white photo shows a barred jail cell, and it's kind of reminiscent of the one they keep Hannibal Lecter in in Silence of the Lambs, except smaller. Lieutenant Wolf described that type of jail, the ones with the wrought iron bars and long thin hallways, as a linear type of philosophy. Where the officer is in the hallway, and then the inmates are in the modules in there. So the module deputy would check in for count, would check in for uh, different things throughout the day, handing out medication, handing out um, commissary, different things like that, and then would have to take off to the other part of the module. So there's no supervision with those inmates once that, once that officer leaves. This is where one of the main differences between the main jail and the new northern branch jail that Lieutenant Wolf boasts about comes in. Many of the housing units use something called direct supervision. Which means that the deputy is inside the entire shift and they are the sole authoritative figure and means of information for the inmates. So whatever the inmates need, any questions they have, they go to the deputy, they don't go to other inmates. So out of the 10 housing units that we have here, um, five are direct supervision and five are indirect supervision, which means we do the periodic checks. But it's a lot more visual than it would be in other jails. Lieutenant Wolf is especially excited about this aspect. From his perspective, this approach keeps the individuals who are incarcerated safer and creates more organization for the jail staff. Um, that's, that's a major part of this, of controlling um, inmate behavior. Um, we, they have to be properly supervised. Um, they have to uh, be engaged, uh, productive, productively occupied. They have to be properly classified. Basic needs need to, need to be met. And what better way to do that with that officer with those inmates for the entire duration. And they're there, they're not just there for a day, they're there for an extended period of time. So that, that extended period of time is about four months. So rather than running throughout the entire jail on any given day, they're stationed in one unit. Wolf says this gives officers a chance to get to know the inmates better and keep track of their behaviors should things seem out of the ordinary. The new jail also has a slew of programs and amenities that just don't exist at the main jail. We have a dentist room as well. I'll go ahead and walk you through there. And we have two identical looking classrooms here. So these would be more of those inmates that are not a problem, have an, are not a security risk. Well, we could have more than 10 inmates that come inside here and a myriad of programs that can take place. You know, drug and alcohol, parenting. And then we have our programs. 
There's also incentive-based opportunities in the works, reserved for individuals that maintain good behavior in the eyes of the officers. These include video visitation rooms for connecting with lawyers and loved ones, family reunification rooms, tattoo removal machines, vocational training where folks can take on different jobs like landscaping and cooking in exchange for time shaved off their sentence. Because we want to keep these inmates busy. If the inmates are bored, they're going to make sure that the custody deputy is not. So we need to keep these guys productively occupied. We'll go ahead and so it seems like the Northern Branch Jail does offer more inmate services and activities than the main jail, but we can't forget that it's still a jail. Ruben Gomez has spent enough time at both jails to paint a picture of their similarities and differences. He's been incarcerated for two and a half years, he's 41 from Santa Maria, and was serving out his sentence at the main jail until an unexpected transfer in January to the northern branch. Uh, that was a crazy process. <laughs> in the middle of the night, they woke you up, like said, time to get up, you're being transferred to Santa Maria, here's a bag, throw your stuff in the bag. And, um, so we had been aware of it, you know, but we just didn't know when it was going to happen. So um, when you got woken up at two in the morning, said, put your stuff in the bag, you're being transferred to a new facility, you get up and like, wow, you know, okay, let's go, uh, let's go check this place out, you know. <laughs> For Ruben, the Northern Branch Jail definitely feels like an upgrade. He says the main jail looked and felt much more like a jail. It was funny because you walk through those hallways, you kind of get that little eerie scent. Just so many people have been through there um, compared to here to where it's just a lot cleaner facility, a lot more brighter. Um, I know that they had problems with, with folks that had mental health out there because of the darkness of the, of the place. To where here it just feels a lot more lit up, a lot more open. I mean, you walk the halls, it's just a, a lot better vibe mm -hmm. overall, you know. He's also surprised at how much quieter it is here. So at one point there'll be, you know, probably I'd say 50 to 60 percent of the people at work. So you get that quiet time to where you can read, concentrate on rehabilitating yourself, you know, read help self books and really get the full um, grasp of what the book's trying to tell you versus over there to where it's just loud, it's noisy. Um, you know, everybody's joking around, not just in your facility, but this facility right next to you, um, the tank right next to you, they call it tanks over there, you know, um, just a lot, lot noisier over there, you know, versus over here, so it's a lot, lot more peaceful, it seems. But for Ruben, the most important switch up has been his ability to work. In the main jail, his days were spent exercising and watching TV when he could, but it got old really quick. At the new jail, he's a part of the landscaping crew and says staying busy outdoors helps keep his mind off being incarcerated. Um, so that's that's always nice because you get to work and work through half the day before you know it, you're home, well, home, back, back at the facility and you're, uh, you're take a shower. It's almost like just daily living, you know, you get used to it. Uh, that becomes part of your program to where um, your days just fly by after that, you know? So I, I've, seen, I've noticed the time here has just been going by a lot faster than it was in the main jail in Santa Barbara. Ruben continues to acclimate to his life in jail, even though his court hearing was put on hold for over a year because of the pandemic. Um, that's been really hard. I'll be honest, it's been really hard uh, for the simple fact that it's put everything on, on hold. So many people feel like they're just stalemate, um, not able to get their court, case, uh, court cases going because um, whether it be, you know, the courts just shut down or their attorney got COVID and, um, just feels like you're here a lot longer than you need to be, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my case going and getting uh, 
getting where I need to go to get, you know, get one step or close to getting home, you know. Ruben has a six-year-old girl, a 16-year-old boy, and a wife, all waiting for him at home. He talks to them every day. Jail staff say they're aiming to allow visitors within the next couple of weeks. But what Ruben really wants is to get back home, get back to being a dad and a husband. Matter of fact, my wife pulled in the parking lot with my kids and, and my son just like, I can't believe dad's just on the other side of that wall, you know, so it makes him feel closer, but at the same time makes him miss me too, you know. He hasn't seen them for a while. It actually took him a beat to remember when the last time was. Um, I think it was back in, they opened up visiting for a couple months back in the summer times. Yeah, so before that it was like a year and a half. Yeah, so it was a long time. Ruben is holding on to hope that he will get home sooner than later. It's important to note that the conditions Ruben described still very much exist at the main jail. Overcrowding, lack of vocational training, and rehabilitative services, just to name a few. There's a lot of work to be done, but it's not going to happen by itself. It's not going to happen simply with the opening of the North Branch Jail. That's attorney Aaron Fisher, litigation counsel at Disability Rights California. As lead class counsel on the Murray case, he's been representing clients at both facilities for a while now. Fisher will tell you he's impressed by the North Branch facility, but that it shouldn't distract from what's going on at the main jail. There are no bars at the new facility. Um, there are opportunities for provision of confidential mental health and medical care. All good things um, and all things that the main jail in Santa Barbara does not have and continues to not have even though it still holds more than half of the jail population in the county. Fisher points out that the main jail is still using hyper-isolation cells and basement overflow housing units, even though the Murray case required those to be shut forever. They're still using those um, dangerous housing units. So we, we have not turned the corner there, and those are major issues that still need to be addressed. And on top of that, the persistent staffing shortage hasn't been helped by the opening of the North Branch. If anything, it's become a bigger problem because of it. We do not have adequate staff to provide adequate health care, proper conditions, necessary programming, as simple as provision of showers to people each day. They're unable to do it because of staffing deficits. Because of the staffing shortage, the facility went multiple weeks this winter without providing COVID vaccinations to anyone in custody. And at least one COVID-positive patient was left to sleep on the floor due to overcrowding in a basement dorm unit. Um, there have been challenges in the delivery of medications because of staffing deficits. Staffing two jail facilities is actually more staff intensive than having one jail facility where you can have one supervisor supervising everyone, for example. So in some, in some ways, uh, the North Branch Jail has created some new challenges, and they're challenges that the county hasn't been equipped to face for quite a long time. And while the opening of the North Branch might be considered a win for the county, Fisher stresses the importance of making sure the Southern Main Jail doesn't get forgotten, as it often has in the past. Um, so really all eyes now um, are going to need to turn to that facility um, that is still not compliant with ADA disability accessibility requirements, unable to provide adequate mental health and medical care. Unable to get people out of their cell for the court-ordered minimum uh, requirements. It's going to require a concerted effort, increased staffing, programming, uh, physical plant, uh, remedial efforts, and really uh, taking a hard look at uh, the number of people that are going to be held in that jail moving forward. 
Commander Ryan Sullivan at the Northern Branch Jail specified via email to KCSB News that the county is expected to announce a new contract with the firm that's responsible for renovating the main jail. He added that, quote, Nothing is set in stone, but the main jail is hampered by its design by not allowing for open spaces for programming, medical and mental health treatment space that is readily accessible and out of cell time, as well as general ADA accessibility due to the jail's age. We heard several times from Lieutenant Wolf that the new facility has 32 specialty mental and medical health beds, a feature that makes it stand out from the main jail, which has a long history of poor mental health accommodations. Right now, a high number of those at the main jail have been deemed incompetent to stand trial due to mental health concerns, worsening the overcrowding issue since state psychiatric hospitals, where they should be transferred, have long wait lists. So the promise of specialized mental health beds in the Northern Branch Jail is more important than ever. But we couldn't seem to get much information on what these beds will look like and who gets access to them. Uh, rated capacity is 376 inmates with a mixture of direct and indirect supervision. Now, 32 of those beds are uh, specialty beds, medical, mental health, because we realize um, the type of situation that a lot of jails are going through now with the medical, mental health type thing. So, but that's our philosophy is to try to lower the recidivism rate throughout the United States, which is about 70%, and lower that through rehabilitation. When we followed up with Commander Sullivan, he had a similar response. Quote, all inmates are screened for medical and mental health conditions upon intake by our medical mental health provider, WellPath. WellPath nurses then refer patients who have mental illness to their psychiatrist and mental health team. They follow up with the inmates and ultimately will recommend who will be placed in the mental health beds. We have not had mental health-specific beds in the past, so we don't have a concrete process in place yet, but are working closely with WellPath and our classification team on it. Basically, the blueprint is there, but the details still have to be ironed out. According to Lieutenant Wolf, though, the guiding principle behind the Northern Branch Jail has been in place from the get-go. It's actually summed up in a single phrase. Quote, Every person is the architect of their own destiny. The phrase is written in Latin on the front archway of the jail's entrance, with English and Spanish translations above a couple corridors inside. So this is going to be a common theme throughout the facility. Um, eventually, it's going to be painted in every module and every corridor. Only Right now, we only have it in a couple corridors. Um, but that's a reminder for staff and the inmates as well that we're in charge of our own our own fortune and stuff. So this is directions that we've wanted to see within this county and corrections for a very long time. Um, and also with the inmates, we can show them all kinds of classrooms and, and vocational type things, education type things, but it's still ultimately up to that inmate to decide once they walk out these doors, how they're gonna better their lives in the community once they go out there. So the responsibility still falls on the individual. But that's the, that's the concept of this jail. So. It makes you wonder how someone can be the architect of their own destiny when they're confined within the walls of a building they can't leave without explicit permission. When there's factors very much out of their control, COVID-related court delays, construction setbacks, the lingering promise of new programs that don't yet have a confirmed start date. A lot of hope is being placed into this one building into this newly established Northern Branch Jail. And what about the destiny of those still at the main jail? After all, there are no words on the walls there.
With KCSB News, I'm Ashley Rush. And I'm Jackie Sedley.